0: Sunday, January 28th, 2006, and you're listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas and its burn community. I'm your host, Lance Hunter. Let's begin. On Friday, January 26th, 2007, I had the pleasure of sitting down to dinner at Hoover's Restaurant on good old Manor Road with two people that are likely to have a very significant role in Flipside 2007. They were Todd, a.k.a. Denchi, and Cold Agent Chainsaw. These are two of the three individuals that are submitting effigy proposals for this year. For those who don't know, each year at Flipside, the central effigy is a unique structure, designed from scratch by that year's DAFT LEAD, DAFT being an acronym for Design and Fabrication Team. The process for selecting what will be built has changed through the years, and our current process involves those parties that would like to become the daft lead, submitting their designs to a committee made up of former daft leads, and individuals with expert knowledge in fields such as architecture, that will then meet with the combustion chamber and the LLC to decide what is to be built. I talk with Denshi and Chainsaw about their proposals, their experience in the burn community, as well as other art they've made. But first, a follow-up to last week's episode. I attended the gallery opening for Ryan Hayes at the Recording Center for the Blind and Dyslexic. While there, I brought my recorder and got to hear about what the center does and the reaction to Ryan's art by those in attendance. Here are a few select pieces from that night. Yeah, well, could you just, like, say a few things about, like, the center and what y'all do and, like, how you could
1: get help yeah definitely um, <laughs> that's part of the fun the ambient noise exactly right? exactly yeah. um well i'm shereen eidingale i'm the studio producer here at recording for the blind and dyslexic um we have been around in texas since 1972 and um we use volunteers for the entire recording process uh, we mostly record textbooks and educational materials for anyone that has a print disability so that means blind visually impaired uh any learning disability, like dyslexia. Okay. Um, anyone who can't turn a physical page of a textbook, we're going to help them. Um, the way that our product is different than, say, a regular recorded textbook that a publisher might uh, provide is that we actually have direct page and heading navigation. So um, our CD, our product comes on our CD. We're digitally recording now. And um, students can say, go to page 35. Bam. Within a couple seconds, it's there. There's no more fast-forwarding on a cassette tape or... Um, students even used to back in the day have um, phonograph records and you can imagine how hard that would have been Um, 35 whole minutes maybe exactly so um, but we use volunteers particularly in the studio um, we have about 275 active volunteers but we could use double that because there's an estimated um, 16,000 students that we're serving right now but we could serve up to 160,000 in the state of Texas alone Um, there's we're part of a national nonprofit in Princeton, New Jersey, um, and we're trying to reach a million members by 2010. So we have a long way to go.
2: Uh, so we could
1: definitely use volunteers in the studio to do the reading, uh, running the recording equipment. We do a lot of quality control on the product that we send out. Right. Um, and then we also have volunteer opportunities. If, if recording's not your thing, we could use volunteers for yeah. special events that we hold, kind of like this art show that we're having tonight. Uh, we could use people to sponsor food for special events that we're doing. Um, also, we have an outreach program that actually goes out into the schools and uh, teaches teachers how to use our equipment and um, how, works with the kids on getting the right textbooks that they need. Um yeah, and, so, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, and, and, <laughs> I like, could talk for days. Do you all know, have a
0: website uh like the people could go to?
1: Definitely. Uh, please check out www.rfbdtexas.org. Okay.
0: Cool and I'll like pop an enhanced podcast link in there
1: too. That would be great. Oh, thank you.
0: And yeah, and so just uh, you just come on down or go through the website and you'll be
1: able to sign up. Okay? Yeah, and um, we've got uh, tour introductory tours at least once a week. Uh, to come through and volunteer here and uh, just learn more about our center so um and those are also listed the dates for those are listed on the website so
0: okay. hi i'm gareth and uh yeah i just got to the show and i think it's fantastic i would never been to the to this, this place before and seen what's going on so it's a great opportunity to see all these really cool photos and hopefully find out what all these booths with people screaming in them are about exactly cool and uh,
3: uh, my name is Mary J, and uh, I've seen Ryan's photos before, and I really love them because they're so colorful and sharp, too. The images are really just so full of detail. I, I think it's really good work. And,
0: and you get to see it without a monitor shining it at you.
3: Right, right. It's, a, it's nice to see him in frames and, and see him in different uh, elements than I've seen him before, especially I've seen a lot of his work on on the web, so it's nice to see it in person.
1: Excellent, excellent. Thank
3: you.
4: Yeah. Good work. He's a really awesome artist
3: he has got a great technique for layering different exposures together that winds up making everything look like a a very painterly or architectural drawing kind of thing, so it's really pretty cool. Cool.
4: I find myself wondering often whether or not I'm actually awake
0: have any opinions on the show? The
1: I just got here, but I know Ryan's work well, and he's truly an artist. He sees things nobody else does, and then he shows them to us. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you all. That was excellent. I'm enjoying it. Um, I've lived here almost four years. I passed by this. I never knew this space was here. Exactly. I passed by all the time. It was like So this has been enjoyable. Um, the Photographs have captured a part of Austin that I never really realized. You know, being that I live central and I kind of see this stuff every day and you get used to it, so um, I kind of enjoy the, the refreshing look at it. So yeah. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome.
0: There you have it. Audio from the art show at the Austin Center for Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic. And now, a quick note before I get into my interview with Denshi and Chainsaw – So that you can make sense of what you're hearing. Chainsaw is in this interview. He just arrived a bit late. Or, more accurately, I pushed the time forward and forgot to tell him. So, my fault there. But Chainsaw does show up. He is in the interview. And uh, we do end up making up for the lost time at the end. Now, here it is. My interview with two of the three potential daft leads for Flipside 2007. Hey. Hi, How's it going? Benji? Going Doing well. How are and, you? Um, now I understand you you submitted an effigy proposal. Ah, uh, I something? wrote
4: up a little something. It was alright?
0: Cool, yeah. Um, I guess how does one go about the effigy proposal process?
4: Um, I'm actually really intrigued by, by that question, because I've, I've been asking, um, past LLC members about past, uh, proposal process, processes in past years. Um, and finding it to be, I mean, there is a process, but it, it, it's all, it's more ad hoc than anything else. And that's just the nature of our community, being all volunteer labor. Um, this year, we we, uh, we being everyone who's uh, hoping working work in the FG or is working in the FG in years past, was trying for a more visible process because uh, in, in past years we've had... Um, I got it in two thousand three, and that was the first epig. I worked on, and I liked that because it had kind of like a, a town hall barn raising feel. Um, the design, I'm, I'm not sure who all was on it, you know, probably Beth Dick Pat, um, but we had a little warehouse off of Sixth, and because um, we had the church night, and it was a pretty simple structure, and we got it done, and it was a nice piece. It was, it was interactive, and there wasn't a lot of ego involved. And in the years since there's been a lot of changes, uh, the community's grown a lot, and um, the process has been kind of supplanted by um, people, individuals who are just driven enough to, to move a vision forward, you know, like the Monkey and the Rocket, and I don't understand the how the Chalice worked out, but I understand that the uh, the Houston crew is like that too. Uh, so
0: basically as the project got more grand, it required more drive to actually get it
4: so, the process this year was, uh, uh, you know, there's, I don't understand the uh, the process that members are reviewing it with, what, what their their insight is, but it was, submit a proposal with your vision, as much design as you have, uh, try to cover all the bases that we need to consider for a setup, teardown, safety, whatnot, um, and... Additionally, we tried to, to make it a really community-driven project. I had a vision about about sound and people interacting with with sound on the effigy, and how that would feed into the uh, the Symphony of Construction theme. I want people to feel like they're constructing and helping build uh, a part of Flipside, no matter you know who they are.
0: And, and that actually ties into my next question: Is yeah, what, what are the primary themes of uh, your proposal?
4: Um, This isn't in the proposal, but I think salsa should be a a much larger theme. This is good. Um, Primary themes are: it's a performance space. Um, It is a. It has three stages on it. It's um, a piece of visual sculpture, as this effigy always should be, uh, as as a central point. and it is a—I don't really have the the right term for it—sort um, of a platform for audio experimentation, for audiovisual art. And it's not just like one completed piece of of sound and video that we play or that you can play with, but we have all the interfaces there so that people, so that you know, musicians or other artists can can contribute to it, either they can work with us in the months leading up to it and plug into the gear that we've got and the the electronic design that we have or mm-hmm. they can random people can just come out and play um, everything's recorded everything can be reused in terms of, of looping and MCing and um, I don't know off the mouth about that theme um
0: <laughs> well and actually that ties into I think um Probably oh, yeah, the most ambitious and, um, I'd say, depending on who you talk to, controversial aspect of your proposal, which are going out there, is this really grand, mm-hmm. old uh, music experience. Yeah. And, uh, maybe you could talk more about that specifically.
4: Um, I'm glad you, you pointed out it's controversial. It's, it's definitely, I definitely heard from a few people that it just can't be done. And I, uh, the, the software that I've been writing was something I started on maybe two or three months ago because I was going to do a, an ambient sound installation in the tunnel, heading down to the creek. And I got kind of turned on to this idea in the spring semester. I was doing a, or I was taking a history of audio editing course. It was how technology changed music over the 20th century. And there's just so many different ideas. Over the decades, of the people who got a new device or when computers came out or tape loops, that uh, how they, a new direction they thought music could go in. And it's just a really rich history of ideas. And I was playing with some of them to, to just make small audio pieces for people to interact with, and so some of the quiet spaces on the flip side. Uh, I didn't see, I didn't have any uh, designs so on building an effigy until the theme came out, simply a Construction. And it dovetailed so well with it that. I kind of wanted to run with it, and the people that I was working with at the time—Michael um, Seven, June, um, Chainsaw—I contributed, uh, shared a lot of really good ideas, and the Shrek process really drove my desire to see it realized on a, a grander scale. So, just—I wanted to finish your question. Um, I mean, like, I'm not sure what aspect it is controversial. Yeah. Um, maybe you can maybe you can like me or I see a lot of concerns about it. its its feasibility
0: yeah, exactly. it, it seems I think you know I mean and this is coming from my perspective you know my, if, if, if you're able to pull this off if you are the selected entity, and um, you know, the audio program happens it could possibly be the most ambitious thing that has been done with flip side since probably the rocket. This, as far as like, it's obviously not a rocket. It's not a 45 foot tall ship. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it, it's, it seems incredibly, you know, interesting and complex. So.
4: Uh, I'm not sure if I'll take all that praise at face value, but thank you. And
0: well, I think, and that's partially phrased but also I think that's what's making people nervous.
4: Yeah. Well. Going with the comparison to the Rocket, um, the Rocket was amazing. I mean, that was just a flat-out amazing piece of sculpture, artwork, um, production. uh, Getting all the pieces together up and out there, that was a brilliant piece of work. And really, we have, I think we have to thank the, just the, the driven skill and bullheadedness of Dave and Beth on that Um, I think that getting this energy up and running Um, the structure is a lot simpler than the rocket maybe on par with the monkey Uh, so I think that's well within within our grasp but when you get into the the audiovisual element there's so many people that have been working together with me on this I I I can't, you know I can't be egocentric about it and think it's gonna be like my project. And with my with my inherent skill for uh, avoiding anything that's an act of leadership, hopefully I can I can show people that that I'm I'm creating a forum, a platform. Sort of like how Flipside is a forum for anyone who wants to bring art, the be a forum for anyone who wants to add audio art to people's experience.
0: I see, I see where you're going there, um, and, uh, yeah, I guess just, just some more, um, I, could you give us some more, maybe, uh, nuts and bolts details about how the, uh, audio audio operates? Um, right. yeah, I know this is something that's going to fascinate the people that
4: they hear, too. Hang on a sec. Sure, sure. I gotta edit out my lip-smacking. Um... Nothing both. The proposal has um, three listed elements. One is, uh, the first the simplest and possibly the easiest to use is, first of all, we have either donated and what's not donated already, we can rent for the weekend, um, all of the mics and amps and speakers so people can be performing. We, we have two performance stages on the FG. Um, I plan to record everything that's performed, and possibly some ambient mics, random conversations. That when there's not a, a band playing or anything, um, people talking on it can, it can be recorded automatically. You could add buttons to it. People want to record a sample of conversation and, and add that into the database. Sort of like the time machine. It's uh, Gareth and Mary's project. that It had a very simple button interface. You want to record something. You do it intentionally, press the button record something, you stop it. Record all of that to, to one of the computers. It doesn't take a lot of space. And then you can access all of that through Ableton. If you wanted to grab a chunk from someone's band playing, or your friend's talking, you can make, you know, on the fly, music and audio art from, from what people contributed. Which which was part of the original vision that I gave at the charette, namely that we want to play music while it burns down. That's entirely formed from contributions from people performing at Flipside. We want to show people that it wasn't just the building structure as it burns down that we're praising, and it's not just that. It's everyone who was playing with it, everyone who got to to have a good time on it. Really, can can hear a result of that.
0: Fantastic.
4: Number two. this, my little nerd project, that I like it a lot, and I understand, um, both from my descriptions of it, how people might not get it, or they might see it's infeasible, because it's a lot of soldering. And,
0: yeah.
4: and that's a pain in the ass. It's not much in terms, it's not expensive in terms of the gear required, but it's a lot of soldering, there's a lot of options for shorts, and you know, it is kind of hackneyed. You know, you're I think it I think it meshes well with burner art that we've seen in a lot of forums with the flip slide and the burning man, about decorating a piece of wood and attaching it to a, attaching it to a larger piece that's gonna burn down. Um, so attaching notes to the, the handrails that wind around the, the stages and the stairs. we get to pull off a cable from the end of the handrail? The representation of all the notes that are on it. Now, in in composition, where do I want to go with that? Uh, there's a musical form called the canon, five six hundred years old, and it's still a, it's still a fruitful uh, basis for, for composing music. We start with a tone as the motive, and it's the it's the base melody. If you want a good example, you can think of Pocatel's canon indeed, D. Because we've all heard it, in, you know, innumerably. Yeah. I'll it,
0: suppose I need the background. Sure. Um,
4: you, take the, uh, you take that first melody, the, the, the basses start out, it, it, it plays for two, three measures, and then the the cellos pick it up, and they're on a higher key, they're on the same tempo. The violas and violins come in, they're playing it at, at double speed. So they're playing... Uh, the motive, the same melody, layered onto the other instruments um, in different tempo, and you get just a, a full texture of sound and melody. And it continues doing that. Uh, there are, I believe, seven options for for canon composition, and they're all permutations uh, on on that sequence of notes. And it's uh, change tempo, uh, offset move it in time, uh, you can reverse it, reverse key, uh, key change, and two others don't mind from it. But there this is one method, and there's a lot of other musical forms that still work with this. Take a motive, take a bass melody, and vary it to create, you know, the polyphony of voices that you get with a whole musical piece. Uh, so this is Arguably, something that I should have done a year ago. If it's tried to show that this is something that one works, mm-hmm. this is already proven um, and two, that it's a aesthetically pleasing way to interact with an art piece.
0: And so, um, I'll try and restate what you said to see if it's communicating, if I'm catching it. All right. So essentially, you know, as I've seen your design, and hopefully, we'll have an image of the design.
4: Yes. And I understand it again.
0: Right. But basically, so there's going to be the railing. The oh. railing is going to be essentially a cliff. Uh, okay. And there are going to be notes that people can put onto there. Right. And so, from the notes that people put onto that, we'll then be able to begin a cannon. Okay. And the uh, foundation of the cannon will be the notes put upon the, right. the people's name.
4: Now, the other way to interface with that is... We have three stages um, as the stairs spiral up. A large stage for bands, a smaller stage for DJs. In the smaller stage, we're going to put the gear, projectors, lasers, whatnot. And um, the uh, hippies
0: who are fucking YouTube. You know, I don't know how well... It,
4: yes. Um, you really can't keep them off of anything once they get... Once,
0: that, you see, you cordon it off, and then they just get up and the...
4: Yeah, hippies in full rudder unstoppable. It's, it's, science will help us one day, but... <laughs> I'm gonna join the happy days while they last. So, or maybe that that big X-ray transformer that Justin wants to use for for a Tesla or a Jacob's Ladder or something. Everything's better with big electric lightning shooting off of it. Um, so the other option is that we have that that gear up top that you can plug into. Or DJs and MCs that want to use Ableton loops, at the same time, any audio artists who are familiar with composition can come in and change the parameters by which it's it's creating, it's creating the music. You know, it, it really separates into two parts: the the physical railing where people are creating melodies, and I like to think of this as kind of a late late night, early morning, daytime chill space area, because if you think of when the Epidu is available for performance. Uh, what comes to mind is The Monkey 2004, where you think you perform on the stage that formed The Monkey's Laugh. And Dark Thirty you would have several hours of bands playing on it. And I expect we would do the same, and if there aren't other big performance stages out there, because uh, I am hearing some rumors that there could be a shortage this year, then maybe it'll be even more crowded. But there's still a bunch of hours in the day where people are relaxing and wouldn't mind fiddling around and making music. they just wandering because it's Friday. Yeah. Um, I don't think I got your your question answered though.
0: Well, you got through parts one and two, and right. maybe a little bit of part three. So, the right. thing is that it, there will be microphones recording ambient sounds that will be coming in. they will be essentially formed samples. Mm-hmm from which people can form loops and be able to... Uh, then there'll be the treble clef, which people can put and uh, essentially make the foundation for the yeah. cannon. Or, and then the third method would be that uh, people could then edit the parameters of the cannon, which yeah. is about that, that people play with that. So.
4: Agreed. And uh, even more exciting for me on the, on the build process and, is that as we... Finalize the interface in the software, hopefully months in advance. You know, leaving us time to, for instance, take the harder to parties, see how people play with it, change, change our interfaces for it, make it more aesthetically pleasing. That other audio artists could could get in and, and have other other pieces of software to plug into that.
0: So have, have party run beta testing.
4: Comes to mind is Dave's parties to raise money for his spinning flamethrower.
0: Okay, so uh, now. Exploring the next topic. We've done a lot of talk about the effigy great. Uh-huh. Um sorry that. What other projects have you worked on or were you planning on working on in the future?
4: Working the effigy every year except for 06 when it was in Houston and 05. Um, when I was working on the uh the Glorable Theater and the play we put on there on Friday night, uh, lipstick traces, which was which was fun. never done theater before. Um, Rangering eats up a chunk of time. This is really eating up the bulk of my creative energy right now. Yeah. Uh, future projects. Picked up an R car base that, I mean, FGM may eat up all my time, and that may not may need to wait until Burning Man. Uh, Anything yeah, yeah,
0: you think got to bring out to the desert? Of, or what's that? Do you think you're thinking about bringing out to the desert?
4: You sure uh, honestly, I. For the desert, I have an R car. I may make two. I mean smaller ones like I have the, the four runner base for for a nice big sound platform and some go-kart bodies for, for little tool around vehicles. Uh, I wanna take and I hear the, the Burning Man art grant deadline comes up in about three weeks. I need to get on that. I wanna take some variation of the music generation tools out there I don't know what interface I'm going to use for it yet but I think the, the green man is, is a great theme for a lot of reasons one uh, greening the playa that help a lot I mean it's incredibly wasteful um, just as an event uh, what you see after the event I mean like dumpsters on the way to Reno just packed full of random hippies crap you know like it's very displeasing but for me it it sparked an idea of like growing and evolving and changing things and some audio video interface of interacting with people and showing cells on the screen that are making music and you know like kind of a musical game of life something i like to do this year. For the future, uh, I have a lot of tentative things I'm not going to get into right now because mm-hmm. I don't want to jinx it. That's
0: a very good point. Counting chicken.
4: Don't count too many chickens. So, um,
0: is it getting into... Uh, getting into what? Uh, another question I like you to... So, did you attend uh, Brain Man first or Flipside first? Um,
4: Flipside. I moved back to... Texas in 2002 from the Bay Area somehow I completely overlooked uh, Burning Man while I was living there and got into the Flipside community in the fall Uh, did effigy met a bunch of people in the spring Flipside was just awesome life changing life realigning and uh, after that Burning Man was just a given it was it was was the NECA to our local mosque if you will
0: that is a fantastic metaphor. Thank
4: you. And uh, I'll be here all week.
0: I guess in, in any more detail you want to get into about how flip side for any man, the community kind of changed you or a lot realigned you?
4: Um I, I went to college really early and my life was kind of set in a study science, uh, work, martial <laughs> arts. Pattern. That was basically like my whole life, and, and there wasn't a lot of social social involvement going on. Um, flip side really blew my mind because it was like coming to the end of, of a long tunnel of study and seeing people who are who are in so many different ways, way more brilliant than me, and it's just like, for me, I, I see. I'll prop up my, my claims to intelligence on some technical fields and some historical and, and perhaps literary fields. And I saw people who had so many different skills in terms of... I guess what showed me that there were so many other brilliant minds out there, like myself, and they, they, they'd reached the point where they could give back, they could like show the world all of the, the art and beauty they had in themselves. It was incredibly invigorating.
0: As Denji was answering that question, we were both a bit surprised. We found out that Chainsaw showed up. And uh, then the interview really got started. Woo-hoo. Hey, Chainsaw, uh,
3: how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> honey, sorry about being late. So. Oh,
0: it's no problem. Um, so yeah, I guess the question I want to ask first off is, uh, I guess you uh, talk a little bit about your effigy proposal? And I've got the two guys. I'm assuming, unless somebody has been like completely working in a cave and being completely secretive, that there are only two people who submitted proposals for the effigy. Three? I've heard three also. I've heard three? Okay, well, I've got to go hunt somebody. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, but he's uh, talked about, a little bit about his design. I would you like to talk about yours and uh, what your theme is? Well, um, the theme is
3: uh, the conductor. Um, I, I'm not. I've missed the first part, so I'm not sure where uh, you're. Talked th- about salsa and <laughs> salsa. Yeah, you know, we uh, canons, we talked about and... a
4: little bit about structure, but kind of ran off into music. Which, <laughs> um, a little bad not, not talking about the, uh, the structural design, but get what you want.
3: The, um, yeah, it's uh, the conductor um, with moving arms, and uh, it's the main premise behind it. It was designed. Mm-hmm such that the whole uh, central part of the structure would be um, an instrument in some form or fashion uh, to where you can play the effigy basically and um, uh, a lot of the design uh, pieces came from the different effigy surettes that we had or that the one we had and then people's notes before and after and things
0: of that nature. Um, So, okay, uh, I'm talking about the effigy being played. Uh, Is this, like, you're talking about the toy-bending concept? Is this going to be crazy industrial instruments or automation? Uh, What concept?
3: Well, uh, the effigy, the the breakdown of it was basically the effigy would be an input device, a series of triggers throughout the whole effigy. And the output devices would depend on... people what came to light through different people so it was it was not a set proposal for this is the output device and this is the output device but it's telling people be creative in it. Contribute to the effigy by making some type of music maker, i.e., a
0: toy bender or something of that nature. So you might press one button and, like, a toy bended GI Joe would start screaming. You press another button and, like, a no machine. buttons, no buttons, drumsticks, drums, or
3: pluck strings,
0: or it's not just
3: buttons. It was actual okay. hit 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 a rafter with a drumstick uh, transducer in the rafter, picks that up, converts it to a MIDI message,
0: and sends it to the bent toy or the other output device. Nice. Okay, now, your ambitious musical thing has been, I yeah. think we're actually on equal yeah. levels of crazy, yeah. wild ambition for what we're going on here. That's fantastic. Cool. Well, I've got the
3: transducer um, triggers um, already uh, circuit schematic built, and I've tested them in... I haven't got it converted to a MIDI message yet, but I'm currently working on the PIC microcontroller code to actually convert it into the actual MIDI message. And once it's there, everything else is TakeWalk Pro Audio, which is just right away.
0: Cool. Excellent. Let's see. Okay, so any... um, as far as like base truck, so there will be the FNG that will be played. Is it still going to be talking about the oil derrick? The
3: the, the central design is a, I would like to call it modified oil derrick. Okay. In the. Um, In that it's two oil derricks actually offset by forty-five degrees, so it makes a more circular appearance instead of a big boxy square. Okay. And it's just as simple to build; you just build two of them and offset one 45 degrees. Yeah. There, right, right, right. it also makes it much stronger too because you've got twice as many supports, etc.
2: Okay, so it
3: looks like uh, an oil derrick, maybe that while well, you were in a dream <laughs> this thing. So. Cool.
4: What do you uh, oh, no, uh, I'm wondering what. Um, do you think, what do you have inside the oil old Do you have stages or? Uh,
3: there's two different levels. Yeah. Each each equipped with, yeah. like I said, the rafters are. Like meant to be hit and things like that. Inside here would be visual cues to kind of give you a hit where the transducers are and probably some sort of feedback for the user there, like a light comes on or flashes when it does it. So rather than having someone have to teach you how to do the effigy, it's almost like built into it like a drumstick's hanging from a rafter and there's a target there. And so all throughout the inside of this, it's kind of a funhouse type. Maybe you walk up and if you saw a Uh, what are they called, where the squirrels, the groundhogs pop up and you hit them with the hammer? A whack-a-mole. A whack-a-mole. If you you saw one of those sitting there, you'd know exactly what to do and you'd do that and it start making music. That, 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 it wouldn't be actually a -a whack-a-mole but something like that that makes that cue that, oh, I pick up the hammer and I hit.
0: So this this is fascinating me in that like, Y'all have, in the abstracts, extremely similar concepts of, you know, community-making music using the FGS instrument in one way or another. And yet, the more, like, the, the more into the details you get, the, the, like, it's, this whole, it's a whole feel. It's, it's fantastic. Cool. So, yeah, I guess I'll um, ask some of the biographical questions as on. So, uh, when did you first attend Flipside? My first Flipside was... Um, down the rabbit
4: hole. Is that 2 uh, One set to two minus minus three
0: Yeah, and uh, did you do Burning Man first or flip side? First? Flip side first. Flip side first. Okay. Uh, this
3: past year was my third year in the desert.
0: you Bear Bryant? He was like, "You see, there was this life journey that costs at this point." So um, <laughs> now, I got, now I got to think of more questions. Okay, so yeah, another point is, um, I guess. Uh, what did Flipside or this community do to your life? Did it did, How did it change your life? I want to ask you if it did change your life because you're here, so there's probably something going on. But, um, yeah, how did it change? Um,
3: I found a lot more partners in crime might be the best way to put it. Um, Back when I lived up in Amarillo before I came here, um, I worked for a guy up there, Stanley Mars, rich, crazy millionaire who paid us to go out and put in uh, street signs with different uh, sayings and stuff. We'd give them away for free to people. And right now there's around 5,000 street signs in people's yards all across Amarillo with... Something like Teach Me to Hear Mermaids Sing. So you're driving down the road and in someone's house has a street sign that says Teach me how to Teach Me to Hear Mermaids Sing in front. And go out and we would go out very similar to flip side in a parade with a uh, pink Cadillac, a bright yellow hearse, a uh, Florida Explorer with a canary on the top that spouted out Bible verses. Um,
4: I fucking love that. Just
3: He's the guy who did the Cadillac Ranch, or the guy who commissioned the Cadillac Ranch, I should say. And he hired us as the Dynamite Museum to go out and do crazy art, fuck with people over a megaphone, all throughout the city of Amarillo. And um, that's what I did for uh, two years with him. And it was... was, uh, Amarillo has a weird public art scene anyway. There's no art shows, or there are some, but not many art shows I've seen anywhere else have been interactive like in Amarillo. In Amarillo we had stuff where the um, artist would have an art show and it'd be all black and white photos on the wall and then halfway through the art show they just get up and they would give their speech for the show you know this is our project and somewhere in that speech they'd start getting frustrated you could see the frustration get on their face and then all of a sudden they just say fuck it and they take off on it and they run through a wall Break through this sheetrock wall into another room that they've secretly prepped with paintings with every color of the rainbow. So you've just been looking at all these black and white photos, and the artist just bust through the That's wall brilliant. into this beautiful room full of color that just was exploding flowers. And I mean, then at the end of every art show, there was always the little wine and cheese, but then there was country and western dancing and a performance art piece where they'd slap paint up on the wall or do whatever. It was always this interactive, where you never know what's gonna happen and you're always a part of what happens. And when I came to when I moved to Denton later, I didn't have any more of that, so I started building a little bit of a backbone but not much. And when I found Flipside, I found my new set of partners in crime and um, the corporate forties, the Santa Rampage, the and then there's the art projects that I have that just don't fit in anywhere else except
0: flip side, and it's another venue for those. And actually, and that's another good question I want to get to, is uh, uh, aside from effigy uh, proposals and everything, and what's the camera? Oh, uh, oh that was two beers, okay. Uh, yeah, what, what are some other projects you've worked on or are working on, depending on working on in the future?
3: Well, I've done Cold Camp for... Um, I started. I became very active in Cold Camp starting in 2004. That was Monkey Rodeo, right? Yeah. And uh, we did an overly ambitious project where we were going to stack three geodesic domes to be 32 foot
4: high. The snowman.
3: Yeah, the snowman yeah, and the monkey snowman. And we got it up to about 20 feet high on the night of the burn, and it never made it all the way up. And so that was my first project, and it was a learning project for sure. But it was a fun one, and I liked it. I mean, it never got fully made. But. And then the next year, we did the um, the, the Capitol, um, Republican Love Nest. And uh, I helped with the build on that. And this past year, we did the Church of Lost Dreams and the Birdcage for Flipside. Yeah,
4: Birdcage. And, Fantastic. Thanks. Awesome. Um, Both of them are good.
3: And the church is actually the monkey reinvented. It's got a double-stack genetic dome and a steeple. So I finally got to redeem myself for the monkey after three
4: years. (laughs) Do you you use the same gear you had for the snowman yeah, the uh, church?
3: uh, We retrofitted some of it. The bottom dome is the same dome, except instead of star connectors that gave us all the problems before, why it didn't go up, Uh and central mast, we got rid of all that and just did squash steel, and it made it go up real quick. Five people can put it up in two hours,
0: basically. So, and eight people can put it up in So, will you go on record saying that Star Connectors suck and Squash Steel kicks ass? What? So, will you go on record now as saying Star Connectors suck, Squash Steel kicks ass? Depends on what you're doing. If it needs to be
3: a structural, heavily structural, people are walking on it, you don't want Squash Steel. It's... Um, I haven't had taken squash steel except for this one out to the desert and it had me nervous. Though I don't think... I mean, what you get with squash steel is that at that squash, it bends. And as metal slowly bends, it starts to tear. And so if you keep it inspected, it's very unlikely that within one week it's going to go from being good to tearing. But in the desert with winds, and if you have the right tarp hooked up to it, you never know. Um, It all depends on the project, really. But for most projects... Squash deal, definitely the easiest, most effective way to go.
4: Mind if I run with a question for consulting? Yeah, sure. Um, I was glad I got to read your proposal. Uh, structurally it seems kind of uh a details fleshed out version of, of the one we were talking about in I guess November, December. Mm-hmm. December. Um, how do you how do you figure it's gonna work out for um one, the, the no burn option, but uh, more importantly, how do you see it uh, breaking down into subunits and delegatable?
3: Um, Whenever
4: I took the, the basic design of the, of the
3: model that you saw, and, oh. and that was the basis. And then um, I broke it down uh, using some of the crafts I learned whenever I, the couple of times I got to make it up to help Dave work on the rocket, some of the joinery, oh, yeah. and how to make it to where it was broke breaks down into the main structure part. Oh. Breaks down into roughly 30 pieces that go together. Yeah, yeah. There, there were like
4: um, eight panels around the side that were two halves, and then there were the four support structures, the 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 the, the, the vanes, the wings in the rocket. And I'm not sure how many. 30 sounds about ballpark, right?
3: Well, yeah. Uh, but it, the basic Anything idea, yeah. The basic idea is that you start out with the base and you build a solid floor uh-huh. and hook it up, and then all the tall uh, diagonals go in. Up,
2: yeah.
3: And then the ne- and the center mast has three pieces that you build up, uh-huh. and each one of those pieces already put together. So it's really just lay out the the floor under supports, lay in the floor, lay in these,
2: yeah.
3: Attach the next level of center mast, build the second floor, attach the top, and. That makes the central structure. You put on the arms and the decorations. Yeah. And um, then all the other stuff, the s- stairways going around would, would be like blocks, basically, yeah. that just transported as themselves already built. And you just lay the blocks out and put in a connecting board to connect the angles because uh-huh. it's making a wrapping circle around it. So you got to have, like, something to connect here. Yeah. So it's basically just... The planks. stages are, are
4: wrapping out and extending past the, uh, the angle there. What? Sports. You said the stages are, are wrapping around, they extend past the... Not, last,
3: not, the uh, not the stage, the stairs. Uh-huh, okay. The stairs would be yeah. like the platform that turns into the, um, the, uh, the seating area.
4: Okay. Um, that's cool. Uh, my, my inability to figure out a good way to, to um, break down the, the Derek structure that I had into the subcomponents is what led to, to my redesign, and I'm really happy with it because... It's it simply spirals around itself, but they all break down into thirty degree or forty five degree wedges of of either stair elements or stage elements that you can break off and um, and uh, assign to anyone with a spec of it's this long, it has this many joinery and supports, and then then uh, daft together can, can come just like bolt the wedges together, and when you break them apart, it turns into like you know one hundred fifty pieces one hundred fifty pound pieces of wood, you know about Eight to six feet long. That you know, if we weren't renting a truck, it's it's feasible that we can just load into the back a whole bunch of pickups and they get out there. Um, but
3: how did you deal with the vertical element with that?
4: Um, about each having
3: wedge to get has, them higher and higher each time. Well, they get smaller.
4: So the the way we do erection is uh, central tower, and it's uh, it's a it's like a CrossFit three foot by three foot um square tower that supports the the lazy Susan rotating element head and arms that goes up first and we can do that with scaffolding but then we're laying out wedges for seating and then stairs and then stages that when it's seven feet up we can have you know five to ten hippies holding it up while we um, put it on top of the, the three leg supports and bolt it to the Central tower, and then they get smaller. So as we're going up the spiral, the stages are being built beneath us. So we have the support we need. We can take it. We can get rid of the scaffolding and just walk up with these increasingly smaller components that we just keep adding to. Then the rails go on last, and then we're done. Um, I kind of wanted to geek out about this because when you get down to like these these little wedges that are, they look the same right like every wedge seems the same for another wedge and three different theme camp leads have come to me asking if we can assign them by theme camp like you know someone wants to come to church night as a camp they're like the unit of five ten people that already know how to work together and they can just take something over and run with it and then decorate it or personalize some degree to you know make them hard. And
0: actually, talking about personalization, there's <clears> uh, you know, it's, it's a very good chance, okay, two-thirds chance, it's to be one of you at least, well, statistically. Possibly... Like we're not going to work with each other. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Mean, yeah, so you're obviously going to put a lot of work into this after you, you know, yeah. just a so uh, what are y'all going to do when it gets tagged? I will not say if, it because it's, it's, it's oh, I'm
4: going to tag it just to break it in.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um... You know,
3: my, I haven't even thought about that you I've I've, I've I've loved doing art for these events because usually when I get to come and I get to set my art up and get it up mm-hmm. and then everyone else gets to fuck it up and it's, and it's I mean it's still it's a good time you know yeah. and I mean every like there were cases where say the birdcage where the man got knocked over and I freaked out a little but I mean it's a burn event this shit happens come on yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like I'm bringing my 42-inch flat-panel TV out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> questions here. Um, I'll ask one last one. I'll get uh, the wrap-up. All right. Here's the thing I want to know. I'm trying to ask everyone who has this podcast. So i us go beyond. How does one become a rock star?
4: Bowie hair. Bowie hair. David Bowie hair. That's a great start. You might want to learn to play the guitar, but. But it's, it's the hair I, I understand that these it. days, editing technology can, can pick in
2: anything.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I,
3: I, I learned how to be a rock star from the Blue Man Group. They actually have a, a video, The Complex, that will teach you how to become a megastar. And uh, there's a series of steps and you moves know. you have to learn. Um, and if you get a chance to see them live, you should. But uh, it's, it's that, and then the other thing is Bon Jovi. so once again it's somewhat hair related gotta have the Bon Jovi hair
4: Rock is all about Flumash there
0: you have it folks my interview with Denshi and Chainsaw now just a quick program note next week will actually be a bit of a continuation of this episode as after leaving Hoover's Chainsaw and I sat down and talked about Mischievia, the North Texas regional burn Thank you for listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, and its burn community. Flipped Out is hosted at lancehunter.net slash flip, and that's flip with one P. To contact Flipped Out, please email flippedout at gmail.com, and that's Flipped Out with two Ps. Once again, thank you for listening. Now go be spectacular.